from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. Friday, June 29th, 2018, Ooh. and it's a relevant podcast. <laughs> June 29th, we're blowing through the summer, aren't we, Cameron? Yeah, this weekend's the halfway point of the year. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffoltz. Yes, so nice to see you. Joining us yet again, filling in for Annie F. Downs. Mr. Andre Henry, Yo. here in the studio. I love it when we have a full room like this. So many people, when I was on vacation, I think thought that that Andre and I were the same person because we never appeared in the same room rotate. together. That's right. Yeah, I yeah. started that rumor, actually. <laughs> right. I, I was honored to be mistaken for you. I, yeah. I've yeah. been telling people that I am just a... I am Eddie's very good impression of a Jamaican-American man. Yes, <laughs> and I... Accept that. I know that doesn't make Eddie that. look good, but it's just been fun to tell people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's your doppelganger. Of course, he looks good. Well, we look exactly like Hamesies. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother Chandler Strang. Hello. And on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. It is. We're deep into summer, aren't we, Eddie? Yeah, we're deep into it. And Jesse, I got to say, over the last couple of weeks, your very famous "Hello, hello" is starting to take a little bit of a shift. Really? Because for Years zero through, what are we at? 13. 13? Who knows? It's been hello, Lord hello. Knows. August 2005 was the beginning of this podcast. So it's been 13 okay. years next month. It's always been hello, hello. Okay. But now it's... So, so the inflection has changed is what you're saying. A little more labored. A little more labored. <laughs> okay, <laughs> hey, give me, okay, give me an early years. Give me an early years, hello, hello. Because it's like the two Darrens on Bewitched. A very dated cultural reference for some reason. Give me Darren one. Cameron, give me the Jesse And intro. all the way from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. That's, and now that's me, Jesse give me, up until... Give me no. new Darren. Give me new Darren. Go for it, Jesse. And all the way from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, Hello. <laughs> Hello. It's just really it, sad and labor. I, I, I think the that the example should have been the two Aunt Vivians. That's only <laughs> oh, slightly yes! less stated. Yes! It's only yeah. slightly less stated. Hey, we're almost the 4th of July, and uh, not only are we too far ahead of ourselves, but next week's show, Indie Rock Band or Firework. I'm already prepping in real life. I'm already... Cameron, do you have any real life fireworks plans this year? No. You have a great launching zone because oh, that's true. Like, the hazards now. of you hitting the house at your new property yeah. are a lot less oh, yeah. than, mm. you know, because you got, you got some water there as a buffer. I, you know, my, I, I, I moved into this house and it's, it's just under construction right now because it was, it was a, it's a fixer upper and we're in the middle of the fixer part. It is definitely not mm-hmm. upper yet. And uh, I was going to have a big party, have friends over, lake day, pool day. It'd be a lot of fun. But I mean, it's just, the house is just so torn up right now. I'm not going to do it. So if I'm shooting out fireworks, it's just going to be me sitting there by myself. Just, uh, <laughs> I gotta tell you though, that is so is, sad. Isn't that kind I'll of say fun? This. Fireworks is one of the one few activities that you get just as much, much enjoyment out of doing it completely alone than you do with a crowd of people. That's like true. it's still a thrill, you know. Dude, hey, uh, when we were up in Montana last year, you found that you told the story of finding that sketch fireworks stand in in the middle of an Indian reservation in in, in Montana. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and we set those off. Jesse, this year, I, the week I was just there last week, same thing. Went back to the stand, got a couple hundred dollars worth of fireworks. They were very unsafe fireworks. You know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, getting like, you get the name brand ones, like the black cats and the, you know, like the right. tent ones, you, you know, can, they're, yeah. they're, they're, there's labels on them. Uh-huh. These are almost like, they have some of those. But then there's like homemade fireworks that he's selling. Mm. <laughs> and they're literally made. And, and, and the only reason I know this is because I talked to the guy who made them. He makes them for people to blow up old appliances with. Yeah. Like, oh, this one's the washing machine exploder. And it's uh, like, oh, why do you call that? Because you drop it in a washing uh, machine in a field, light it. And it's like, oh, you're really blowing uh, up appliances. These are like bombs. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sort of July 4th. These are I IEDs have, you're making. And he's ain't unable to understand metaphor. It's, <laughs> it really is a washing machine exploder. Yeah. 
But that's 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 the thing is like here in Florida, I don't know, everybody has different fireworks laws. Here in Florida, they loosened them up a few years ago because remember we basically yeah. only had like poppers and sprinklers for you know sparklers for a while. That's right. And now yeah. you can get the stuff that like goes up there and does like the real deal. I mean, you can get those oh, know, yeah. huge ones, but they are not at the level of the Montana ones that are available. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't believe in I you know. I, I don't believe in fireworks laws. I just ignore them because, you know, I'm an American and I believe in the Constitution <laughs> and freedom. So I think any explosive you can concoct, right. you should be able to light off on your property. That's just the American way. I mean, so, Floridians yeah, I, used I, to know, drive up to South Carolina and oh, Tennessee because yeah. you the second you cross the border, there's huge fireworks stands for the Floridians and Georgia residents who who and, and by the second travel. you cross the border, like literally, you're driving and you see this huge, like huge, bastion. it's an oasis <laughs> it's of fireworks stands. It's, it's crazy, huge stores. Yeah, this is the one time a year that that guy in Montana doesn't get in a massive amount of trouble for the things that he's soldering <laughs> together in his basement, <laughs> right? Like it's like, oh yeah, it's all Fourth of and July. When you say basement, I, it literally is a basement. Like uh, oh, it, oh, it yeah. feels like uh, it, it, this is either like a where he do, makes his homemade fireworks or like some sort of weird dungeon down there. But you know, he literally has a spot where he just concocts things. You know, where he invents new types of fireworks. It's pretty. It's a real thrill to go down there because you feel like any slight spark would just light the whole place on fire. You know, right. you all die in a massive explosion. But it's pretty impressive, right? When you go down there, you ask the guy like, "Why do you have so many maps of major cities oh, everywhere?" No. Why'd you like, go there? Uh, Why'd you like, go there? He's just like Fourth of July. It's Fourth of July. This I'm, is why I distribute to. Yeah, I'm just selling. I'm selling Fourth of July this, fireworks. This, this is our distribution network. Yeah, let's just not ask <laughs> questions. Okay. Buy a washing machine exploder. So Dude, <laughs> I, I just realized I had coming on July 4th. Oh, I will. We're going to take this up a notch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And by up a notch, literally, I'm going to create a little, I'm going to get a drone and I'm going to fly fireworks up and shoot them from the drone. It's going to be awesome. And also, aren't you on a body of water? Uh-huh. Well, now you have the ability to make a firework barge. <gasps> right out into the middle of the water. Let it go. And see but, what happens. But, but do they do they like t- string them together so it's like boom, 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 boom? You light it once and it goes, or mm. do I have to go out on the barge with it? All you, you I don't know the swimming. answer, but I do know that you cannot go out on the barge with it. That's, <laughs> that's the no, only Cameron, thing. You do, and it, here's the thing: great, great thing about a fireworks barge. Uh-huh. Okay, <laughs> you do go out on it. Worst uh-huh. case scenario, things start to get a little higher. You just jump off. Like yeah. you just do d- deep dive like a Schwarzenegger movie. Exactly. Like you're diving under the water and the water on top of you is on fire. I'm uh you know what I'm thinking? I have a I have an old canoe that yes. that a neighbor was throwing away and I've fixed up. I redid the fiberglass on yeah. it, whatever. Yeah. I could I could use that as a barge. I also have a stand up paddleboard I could use. I yes. could just float it out there. And shoot a flaming arrow into it and see like, you know, put it out in the water, shoot a flaming Viking arrow style. like What's that? Viking style. Viking, Viking style. style. Yeah. Yeah. Play the Braveheart soundtrack and just start shooting flaming arrows <laughs> and you get it out there and next thing yeah, you know. That is perfect. You got a yeah, whole Here's party. the thing. You get, you get a paddle board and you just, you know, and you just duct tape as many fireworks <laughs> to the surface of it as possible in no discernible pattern. No, it's no. just a giant pile no. of gunpowder. Don't even powder take it out of the there. shrink wrap of the no. big package. Just no. lay packages on top of each other right. in a yeah, You don't even open them. It's yeah. just a giant floating pile of fireworks. You slowly push the paddle board out and then you and Cohen just start flinging those flaming arrows out there. And you got to say to Cohen, like, before we start this, like, hey, before I light this, I need you to know, like, how much I care for you. Uh, And uh, you're just a really good boy. Yeah. Let's do this. You know, because you want to say a couple of like meaningful father son things or final. Yeah. Oh, final things. (laughs) Whatever it ends up being. Right. It's going to be important that you just take a beat before you light it on fire. Well, I did. I did. When I was in Montana last week, I did shoot a bow and arrow. Like when we were out fishing, uh, a couple of the guys started doing bow fishing. I've never seen this before. Like there's these big carp that they were like, they, they could see them through the water and they would take a bow and arrow and go for it. Did they catch many? Uh, they caught none, but, <laughs> but I learned a lot about bow, bow hunting and, and you know, yeah. a lot of them there, there's a long string tied to the bow. Yes. So you shoot into the water. If you miss, you just pull it back up, do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, I can do that with the fireworks just light on yeah. fire, shoot, if I have a misfire or something like that. Just pull it back, do it again. The, the, re- the real <laughs> risk is overshooting. 
yeah. that you don't know the strength of your own bow and you shoot that flaming <laughs> arrow clear across the lake. And you house. just hear it. Like someone, <laughs> someone's sitting on their, someone's sitting on their couch watching TV. All of a sudden the window breaks and a flaming arrow shoots in like, and then you see Cameron across the lake, him and Cohen like slowly, but like very swiftly walking backwards back yeah. into their house. Yeah, you just hear a, a single go, low, go, 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 Cohen. A single low <laughs> meow come from the house and you're like, oh God. They see Cameron chucking a, a bow and arrow into the reeds and walking back into his house. If, if I've learned anything uh, from playing with fire as a child, uh, things do like that do happen yes. and you do run. No, so that's I'll right. just have to yeah. teach Cohen the escape maneuver. Uh, Cameron, there's one other thing I want to talk to you. I know we got a lot coming up yeah. today. We got Hillsong Young and Free. Hillsong Young you and Free is coming up. Album. We got to talk Listener to of the week. Um, yeah. Yeah, listener week slices. But one thing I want to talk about is you recently invested in some relevant swag for the staff there. I did. And I really want one of these items. Real quick, before I talk about why I want one, can you describe what these are? Well, in Florida, every day in the summer, people think the Sunshine State. That is not reality. It's the Sunshine State until 4 p.m. Right. And then it's black skies, torrential downpours for anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours. And then it clears up yep. and it breaks the humidity and it cools everything down because of the wa- you know, water on the hot pavement. And then you have relatively nice evenings during the summer. But up until four o'clock, humid, awful, torrential downpour. Well, lately, the four o'clock thing has been turned into like five o'clock and it's been torrential downpours when relevant staff is going home for the day. Right. And we were downtown. So we have people parking at parking garages all over downtown. So mm-hmm. there's three, four, five block walks yeah. in torrential, torrential downpours. I'm not, I'm not okay with this. So I invested for the entire staff in buying everybody Rellabrellas. Mm. And so we got these big golf, black golf umbrellas, really nice with a relevant on them. Mm-hmm. And right before we record this podcast, I just gave them all out. And well, we, we have Rellabrellas for everybody. Yes. Uh, I got one, Jesse. It's absolutely beautiful umbrella. It's, it's like a perfect yeah. gentleman's umbrella. Well, I wanted that's exactly to get what I was thinking. It's yes. a gentleman's umbrella. I wanted yeah, to get the one that. that's like cane length, cane yeah. height. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I wanted to get one with a, the, the curved wood handle, the hook, because mm-hmm. we have um, in the hallway uh, going to the restrooms, we have coat hooks and you don't need coats in Florida. So I thought I need to get curved handle umbrellas so we can hang extra umbrellas there for everybody in case they forgot the rella umbrella that mm-hmm. day. Right. Yeah. So they turned out to be very classy. They're black with the white relevant with a wood handle. They're, they're, they're beautiful. Yeah, lovely. They're lovely. Yeah, well, here's what I want. I need to like gentlemen up my, my life a little like right. I feel like I need a little bit more Mary Poppins whimsy in my yes. <laughs> you, so here's you what I'm picturing you are Mr. I, I will never be without the umbrella and I'm kind of doing a, like a little chimney sweep stroll a lot of the time with using the umbrella for cane like purposes because right. it's pretty sunny around here these I'd be rarely opening the umbrella except for when I like paint a swirly pattern and try to hypnotize someone mm-hmm. with it you know what I'm talking about right that move. yeah um, so the Charlie Chaplin yeah yeah, I will d- be doing a lot of gesturing with it, like at the grocery store, you know, like or, or on the menu. I'll point to things on the menu with my umbrella and I'll say, you, sir. And I'll poke someone with the umbrella. Uh, I need your service here. It's made for wild gesturing. I will also open doors with the hook end. Always yeah. open. You know, I only use it. It's as if I don't have hands anymore. I will yeah. use the umbrella for all my grabbing and gesturing. Well, and parenting, on. because if the child runs around, you can just hook the hook yeah. their head. Yeah. You know, you just Yep. Yep. Uh, and if and you can whack them with it, yeah. And, and, and I won't need a TV remote anymore either because I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm going to go to Best Buy and look at TVs and I'm like adjusting the volume with my giant umbrella poking things. Yeah. So the Rellabrellas, they are for staff and visitors only. But and, and me. Yeah. I uh, fall somewhere in the, uh, on the spectrum, right? Yeah, no. you're on the, the Rollabella <laughs> spectrum. I, I, yeah, I get, I get the swag, which I like. Do you I get still, the? Do you have the relevant corksicle? The, I love it. It's a great, a great. Uh, it is my daily drinker. D- drinking yeah. device. Yes, yes, nice. yes. 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 Look at us trying to step up our our uh, swag game. Here. I'm also a fairly branded person, though, at this point, because I'm like, oh, of course I'm gonna. Yeah, everything I wear or not wear, but like everything I use, all my little accessories, all relevant. And I'll take it. Okay. I like it. No, it's a good thing. Well, here, here's the other great thing is if you're entering into a big party, the umbrella with the, the hook <laughs> thing is you can playfully yeah. trip someone violently uh-huh. and just take their foot out and everyone gets a good laugh. It's like, oh, the umbrella guy's here. You just tripped that guy. <laughs> and you're just like gesturing by waving your umbrella yeah. at people. Hello, hello. <laughs> umbrella man's here. It's okay because he did it with an umbrella. Do you, do you yeah. dress normal like the normal? Are you, are you changing your entire persona? 
to become it, umbrella guy. I, it's a slow, you know, it's a slow evolution. It's not overnight. The umbrella is really the gateway drug mm-hmm. into this lifestyle. Well, because not just a look, it's a lifestyle. The <laughs> next thing uh, clearly is a fedora. I mean, you have to have a I fedora. Bowler hat. Oh, bowler. bowler. Hat. You think of? Don't think of uh, the chimney sweep, Bert. Think of Mr. Banks, who goes to the bank. Right, like he's going. Yeah, yeah. He works at the bank. He's like. It was a very on the nose naming that they did. Uh, for the, for the, I, I never actually yeah. realized that. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you're you're very close from being like a whimsical, very respected Monopoly guy to Mr. Peanut. That's a line you have to walk. <laughs> if you go to Mr. Peanut territory, no one wants to hang out with that guy. You're a joke. There. You are a joke. Wait, you know? so you're saying so you can't go, Mr. Peanut? People, pocket watch. You're going to need a pocket watch. People want to hang out with a Monopoly guy, but if you go, Mr. Peanut, you're a joke. You're a joke. No one takes you serious. No one takes Mr. Peanut seriously. He's a ridiculous peanut with a mop. No one wants to be. No one. If there's a real life Mr. Peanut, everyone's like, I mean, I guess that's cool as a novelty, but he's Mr. Peanut. Monopoly guy's like, this guy's got swag and class. He's a whole different type of human. I need to be around him. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, like like we said, uh, coming up later, Hillsong Young and Free join us. They have a new album out today. Oh, Very exciting to have them on in such a timely manner. Uh, We also have Slices and our listener of the week. I do love that. You know, the show like stays so consistent over the years, but this has become a thing that's like, just it's you like, just never know. Well, no, no, no. But, like, but like, it just has become like it's such a great part of the show. Chandler, oh, you're a terrible person. Chandler just sits there very angrily. He's talking. He's just house listener of the week, man. And I, you know, I tell Chandler, strikes and gutters, man. Strikes and gutters. <laughs> yeah. So, so you all are hearing the behind the scenes of the guy who has to edit it. Yeah, oh, to right. finish form, make, it, make it sound you know, the, more so, direct. Yeah, that's right. Some of the dud ones, or some of the ones that just go. And they're not uh, duds. They, you know, yeah. Because somebody's sitting there going, "Was I one of the duds?" Right, but right. you don't know exactly. because no, the way you definitely weren't. The way they all Chandler, sound good. the way Chandler crafts it is, yeah, they're all great. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. they didn't all start out that yeah. way. And in yeah. fairness, if this show was a completely unedited and just released <laughs> show, it would be your ninth favorite podcast. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a pretty okay show and we're doing a good job. But Chandler definitely, like I already know, there's a couple things. Chandler's going to save that. I, uh, I fall off a ledge, didn't have a punchline. It'll all be gone. Yeah. Chandler, Chandler if, no, hey, if you if you cut my Mr. Peanut material, so help me God, Chandler. So, <laughs> oh, my God. I think hey. that stuff was, you know, a keeper. So. Jesse, oh, it's pretty hard because I'm trying to work in a legume pun into that, and I I feel like I need your help because I can't figure it out. A legume so, pun. Right? Because I wanted something immediately. I was trying to come up yeah. with what rhymes with legume. But anyhow. Well, yacht is lagoon, and that's not... Not, that's a stretch. Yeah, no, any, see, that's any, a stretch. Yeah. So anyhow, whenever it happens on the show, anybody really just uh, please bring that up. <laughs> there you go. All right. But moving the show along, it's time for slices. All right. Uh, what do you have, Jesse? Well, um, I wanted to talk about a, a guy named Douglas Beavens, which what a great name. Douglas Beavens. <laughs> Classic. He is a performance artist that um, he wanted to figure out a way to make some commentary about kind of all these expensive health food things that are kind of making their way uh, around like high end, like outdoor markets. So he went to one of these markets in Vancouver and he promoted himself as the CEO of a brand new venture called Hot Dog Water. And what he did is he boiled 100 <laughs> organic beef hot dogs and he got these really fancy looking water bottles that are I'll, I'll describe them. They're like this. The life water bottles. They're um, clear cylinders with like a sleek gray top and they say mm. hot dog water unfiltered on them. No. Over the, over the O's and hot so and dog, good. there's a little squiggly line that is means nothing, but it makes it look even more fancy. But in the water, it's a, it's a jar of water with a hot dog floating in it, but it's uh. a very fancy jar. And he started just making outrageous claims about the health benefits of it. He said... No. <laughs> So here's here's what he said. He said, because hot dog water and perspiration resemble each other. (laughs) So when you drink hot dog water, it bypasses the lymphatic system, whereas other waters go through your filtering system. So really, hot dog water has three much, has three times as much uptake as coconut water. So he just made up all these absurd facts. He told people that they rub it on their crow's feet or their wrinkles on their face. They will soon go away. So he, oh, he made gosh. it's key. He also said it's keto compatible. So basically it's a takedown of like, you know, trendy uh, health stuff and diet trends. 
So he made a hundred uh, bottles and he put them on sale for thirty seven ninety nine. What or wow. seventy five dollars if you buy two? That is so, hilarious. So you save a dollar if you buy two, and he ended up selling seventy of these hot yeah. do- bottles of hot dog water at this marketplace for people who like to buy health food. He basically said like he wanted to think of a way to show the absurdity of all these ridiculous diet trends and things that like celebrities pitch. As some kind of health revelation. So he said, uh, art, I think, has a, has a way of doing this better uh, than, a, than like a public service amount. There's an image attached to it, and that's ridiculous. That's but the true. ridiculous thing is, a lot of people were shelling out $40 for a giant case of, for a giant bottle of hot dog water. Oh, hot dog insane. Included. Do you think it was people yeah. who were in on the joke, some of them, or no. do you think all of them were like, who, who at like, a health actually farmer's place has a sense of humor? I mean, none of them are in on the joke. Health farmers. I mean, I don't, I don't like know. It was like Maybe it was one of those farmers market thing. It's funny. I, I've been to farmers. Well, well farmers he market. literally he said the inspiration was when he was like, um, he was. Have you been to Whole like, Foods? You know, Whole looking Foods. at all Nobody's this stuff, and he literally. <laughs> I mean, that is a good point, but you know, maybe maybe there's you know someone. I don't know. Well, it started with a ch- he like literally was at one of these things and he said, I bet I could literally sell hot dog water. And that was his whole inspiration. Like <laughs> wow. if it's packaged the right way and if the marketing claims said enough insane things that he could actually sell hot dog water and he I w- sold a I ton will of say, it. Aside from the hot dog inside of it, the bottle does look like one of those really like fancy high end water bottles. It's not like a normal water. bottle. And yeah, the, the the idea that it's keto compatible. I mean, that's that's <laughs> if you're on a protein only diet. I mean, that's <laughs> great. That's great. Well, protein. <laughs> water. But, but Chandler. <laughs> Yeah, but that was his point. It was like, if I just, if I just package this in a certain way, and if I use the right buzzwords, people will literally buy hot dog water. And, and he proved his point. I think it's brilliant. And I wouldn't have ever told people it was a joke. After I saw it was really selling, I'd be like, dude, I'm going to be all in on this hot dog water (laughs) thing. I just made a few hundred bones selling hot dog water, you know? So many times 40. I mean, he's, he's, he made 2,800 bucks that day. Woo. Yeah. Good for him. Bunch of hot dogs. The the, the 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 mistake was coming clean as a joke. He just yeah. didn't rode the wave as long as possible, right? You know. Well, and you kind of have to go from farmers market to farmers market every week because you don't want a person who bought it last week knowing that you're going to be back next week and coming and confronting you. Right? Well, you know? and, and if there if there's one thing that like I, here's how I understand the pattern: it's farmers market, farmers market website, Shark Tank. Costco. Like that's the <laughs> if they buy it on Shark Tank, then you're in Costco. But that's the kind of junk they sell on Shark Tank now. There's nothing cool anymore. It's some weird little, you know, crab dip that they ended up selling at a farmer's market and they want to get a place in a big box store. This guy, this guy could have done Shark Tank. I don't, I don't watch Shark Tank at all because like yeah. I have to deal with business decisions all day, all mm-hmm. week. I don't want to go home Friday night and watch it out more. It stresses me out. Mm-hmm. But I, I caught a couple recently and maybe it's the current era yeah. and it, the show was significantly different than what I remembered it early yeah. on. Like before it was businesses that these people would actually invest in and grow. Now it's like I have an invention idea or it's, a, like it's turned into a lot of that, like a product to get into Costco and it's like not the same. It's not a business. That's literally a product that yeah. another business yeah. would carry. I would listen yeah. to the pitch podcast. If you want like an actual like, entrepreneurial business experience they're doing it because shark tank has turned very uh very uh, commercially which mm, probably you know yeah. they understand they're following the readings i made that way too deep and serious continue on camera <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen the prophet speaking of good oh, business yeah. one yeah, that's me my too. favorite I dvr it yeah love that guy it's a fantastic show the prophet it's on yeah. it's it's almost like a more legitimate uh version of what shark tank was it's yeah. it's so uh it's uh, what's his name marcus marcus, Lamonis. marcus yeah he is he uses his own money he'll yeah. go and he'll find he so, made camping world huge right wasn't yes. that the one yeah he was like yes, the CEO he bought, or like, something good sam camping and all that but he owns camping world and yeah. camping world stadium and all that that's all him yeah, yeah and 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 a lot of other businesses too yeah, and, yeah, and, and so he'll use his own money he'll go in and 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 you find a business that needs you know investment and turnaround, and he'll implement processes, resources, and turn it around. And then it's just fascinating to see the network of related businesses that he has. Because oh, now that he has like retail outlets, he's now investing in a lot of fashion companies to create products to sell in his retail outlets. Right. And other pro- it's just fascinating. And he bought like a, a branding business, so now they do all of the like the branding and pop up displays and everything. It's yeah. just very cool. Yeah. Stop giving if if it's products and services I need. 
you know, stop giving it, you know, just paying other companies. Yeah, I'll just I hire my own yeah. companies. But mm. it's fascinating how, like, why is this business, which is doing a good product or service or whatever, why is it struggling? Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to watch how they kind of watch get him turn to the, it around. And, and he's then, right almost every time. Yeah. If but, it doesn't work out, it's because of the, the, the people running the business he's trying to help. You know what I mean? Like not being able to. But the good, handle. the good thing is like, okay, so I was watching, I watched, I've seen them all. So I was watching a kind of behind the scenes director's cut one yes. of a previous one. Yeah. And it was him and his, his exec producer uh, talking about an episode, like yes. almost doing director's commentary. And so she, okay, so I didn't know this watching the show. When he shows up and he's like walking into the business for the first time and he introduces himself and he's meeting the people and he's asking questions about what they do, he knows nothing about the business. Right. So he's seen no financials. He doesn't know what they do. He doesn't know what they, how much they make. Yeah. He doesn't know if they're in debt. He knows nothing. The executive producer finds the businesses, oh, knows his portfolio and what he's interested in yeah. and lines it up. And he just walks in blind. So when you see on an episode where like the deal falls through or it doesn't because work out. they mislead their their earnings it's legit. or whatever. Oh, yeah. like it it's happens, legit. He, it happens it's regularly. one of the few real reality wow. shows. Yeah. I'm not crazy. sure if they have a wow. writer on it or not, but like he is actually doing this thing that you're watching him do. Yeah. And it's fascinating. And it's re- his real money and it's really a m- real people and it's and he's and trying he's, to create jobs. Yeah. yeah. Plus he's like a good like a uh, counselor type. He's really like a caring night. It seems like a really caring It's a nice fascinating person. show. It's on CNBC if you want to watch it. It's The Prophet. It's kind of like a, a, a kind of a more substantive and even almost like the guy who, like sees potential of, yeah, in people and like invests in yeah. their potential. It's oh, yeah. If you're an entrepreneurial minded person, and you have dreams, watch the profit. It'll yeah. help you think through stuff. That sounds great. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. what do you have, Eddie? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have anything to add. <laughs> Sorry. Cameron, Cameron, I, think you should do, I think you should do undercover boss at relevant. And the only way it's going to work is if you go through, he's got a little tiny You're going to have to go through like, you know, when you watch like the uh, Lord of the Rings or something and they have to sit through like four hours of makeup to totally change your appearance. Uh, You're going to need to be able to commit to starting getting ready for work at 4 a.m. You know, so we can disguise you thoroughly enough that no one on staff It's going to be like that SNL you. sketch where Kylo Ren was supposed to be oh, right. It's totally right. I, I, yeah. My favorite part of Undercover Boss, though, is when is when they bust him and they know like, you know, that the employee knows that like the person is on it in a terrible disguise and that's the real boss. <laughs> yeah. And this, that first 10 minutes of them like smiling and being like, this is how you paint a wall, you know, like trying so yeah. hard. To, and then they finally, that's it, my favorite part of it because they're such terrible. Yeah. actors. Yeah. yeah well, and plus when the disguises are terrible, when it's like when Larry David had his fatwa disguise, yes. and it was just like a shaggy red, uh, a shaggy wing and a mustache. Fatwa. Cameron, that's what you need to do. You need to show up that with like a ridiculous like wig and mustache. Okay. Fake one and that everyone can tell is you, but you never, no one ever lets on and you never let on that. We know it's you and do it undercover boss that way. I, like I think it. it'd be very insightful. I like for it. it. And a very special episode of undercover boss. Yes. Small businesses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> small, undercover boss. Yeah. Small Small business edition, right? <laughs> right, camera. We can totally tell that you. That is a, a mustache and an afro. And also, and you're like, no, no, this. I've never met this. And man also, before. where did Cameron go today? Like, where is he? Never said he was going to be out of the office. And it's just and then he, the new employee. It's just, Bill uh, it, shows up. It's just you, yeah, and you sitting at your own and you desk. keep forgetting what your name is. Uh, <laughs> what I tell you was Bill. Uh, Will, I don't know. It doesn't matter. They did tell that, me this Cameron guy. That's what I happened him on yet. an episode of Undercover Boss. The the boss himself was just so like a shaky like was just not good at it that like he was supposed to be bill but his actual name was like steve and he just like immediately two seconds into the show walks up and is like hey i'm steve um uh, i'm sorry episode ruined <laughs> yeah, yeah it was and the guy's like oh cool yeah you're in charge of the company it was amazing i would like to bring this to your attention i do you all pay attention to movie reviews like if you're gonna watch something just randomly on netflix and you're like oh the, that looks interesting will you check rotten tomatoes nah no. So, so you asked, do you read movie reviews? I don't, but I do check Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. I look at consensus. Mm. Okay, me too. Yeah. Do you read the review? You said, no, I don't. And because, you don't, do I don't right? because I don't trust either one. I don't trust the critics rating or the users. Why is that? Um, I usually find that critics are looking for something different than I am as yeah. just like a guy who doesn't want to understand much about movies. I just want to go be entertained. I see. Um, like I understand a lot about music. So like when I'm listening to music, I'm listening to it analytically. Right. And so, and I write. And so when I'm re- reading, I'm looking at it critically as well. Cause I'm an editor. Right. So the movies are the one place where I'm like, I don't want to know things. That's really smart. All I want to know 
is do I like this or not? Right. And then on the other side of the non-critic um, percentages, it's like, well, I mean, I don't know these people. Yes. <laughs> you know, like their taste might be totally different than mine. To that end. <laughs> but so but which, if yes. Rotten Tomatoes says like 9%. Right. Maybe it's not that great. I have a very different well, but here's, movie but, he, but here's the thing. Yes. I, I, I like movies that score extremely low as much <laughs> as I like ones that are extremely high. Like, for different reasons, but it's like, if a movie gets under 10%, I gotta see it. Right. I gotta but that's see like why a novelty so on the. I gotta see what went it's wrong. It's the middle of the bell curve that's problematic, where it's like, oh, like... Yeah. 42 percent you're like oh yeah this is actually not bad enough for me to watch out of curiosity it's just gonna be boring um well so i i I mean i i'm totally rotten tomatoes or whatever the imdb score is and like just like you cameron like just look at the consensus and be like all right yeah 60 or above i'll watch it yeah right yeah Yeah. i don't need i'm yeah i'm the same way if it's like in general a positive movie experience i'll watch it so Hmm. researchers at the usc annenberg school of communications or excuse me for communication and journalism the irony that i was unable to make it through that um wrote that 82 they they did a huge study of all like the major uh movie critics that are out there today that are actually making these and influencing these rotten tomato scores so uh of the 100 top grossing films of last year, 82% of the reviews of those were done by, uh, wait for it, shockingly, white men. And um, uh. yes, and so people who are in underrepresented racial and ethnic backgrounds uh, penned a mere 18% of the reviews of those movies. Um, it's so, and it finds that the people that are watching the movies represent about 39%, like people that are underrepresented represent a much higher percentage than mm. those who are actually reviewing it. Mm. So I, I'm going to say it got me thinking, it sounds like a Calvin transition, which it's not, but it was just really, I found that to be fascinating um, because just over 20% of them also are women. So we are basically taking the majority of our movie opinion of like Rotten Tomatoes essentially is what do white guys think of a movie? <laughs> and even if they're good white guys, right, like nice men, they're still going to be looking at it through a, through certain, a lens. certain lens. And they're saying yeah. that that is actually really uh, shown in movies like um, what was the super funny movie with Tiffany Haddish where uh, she girl trip? trip. Yeah. Like that did not rate as high. Right. If you watch it, a white guy is going to watch that movie and miss some of the nuance of that and not necessarily be giving it the review that someone else would be, that a woman would be, or someone uh, who's African-American or right. Like just not a white guy. Um, And it was the same. It was the same was true of wonder woman, you know, such a great movie, but that white guys weren't necessarily as responsive to it. And so there is this, uh, you know, this, movement afoot when we talk about you know a couple years ago oscar so white it's uh to making the reviews more um uh more diverse as well because we really are being fed like here's what you'll like by generally white men should we i mean should we advocate i mean obviously more more diversity in Mm -hmm. who newspapers and websites hire to do the reviews fine great yeah Mm -hmm. but should we advocate also for clarity of like should do you think there should be like almost like a on Rotten Tomatoes, like a filter of, you know, white male, female, you know, uh, minority, like to look at like, what are the, you know, that that 18% right. that are minority reviewers, can I just filter it and look at only at what they say about the film? Yeah. Mm. You know, and because it may rate a lot higher. Yeah. Mm. You know, I was thinking of it almost like the, um, the NAS, what's the index the of the top 100? NASCAR. The, the, the NASDAQ. Um, yeah, I've NASDAQ. invested a lot Is, on no, the NASCAR no. index and... <laughs> I'm but waiting almost, to see my money. I have no it's, idea. It's, it's, Jesse, it's it's cyclical. I mean, the money comes around every year. You know, uh, literally, literally though, I have no idea. I went on the NASCAR <laughs> index website, put in a significant amount of money, and it's who knows? It's, who knows? it's all gone. It's all absolutely gone. I've never seen it again. <laughs> to me, like I think the filter is an interesting idea. I also think like a smaller representative pool of like these are a trusted group of you know say a hundred reviews that represent Peter Travers like, at Rolling Stone. That kind of person. Right. But also like making sure that that group is representative of the people that are also reading the, and, and that gets kind of messy. Would, would you, would you advocate for just 
uh, society, like actual demographic, uh, representation. So it's like, if this group is 9% of the population is 9% of the reviews that are shown, or are you saying that shift kind of wouldn't where minority be, voices are more dominant. I would kind of go for the latter because I'd rather be pushed to like experience something that it's pretty easy for me to figure out what a white guy would like. Like if Jason Sudeikis film, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to score. <laughs> my, my people are going to be pretty into that, right? It doesn't mean it's a bad movie, but I would love to Jason know. Jason Bateman, Jason Sudeikis. Right, it yeah, doesn't yeah, matter. It's yeah, all yeah. all the same. Any yeah. of the Jasons. Yeah, yeah I yeah. don't love the like, it's just representative because then I feel like you don't grow as a people. I feel like the the art doesn't grow. I think the filter idea could work too because maybe like I'm idea. as a white guy interested in and seeing what, you know, African American reviewers are are thinking about these films and it just educates me and expands me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that too. But I, I think it's definitely also just one of those moments of being aware that when I look at a Rotten Tomatoes score of a perfectly wonderful movie and it says, you know, it was it scores at 60%, you got to think, okay, it's 60% of a majority of white men saying that that mm-hmm. was but not a movie it, that yeah. they were. No, and it's not right. to say that it is a good movie, but it's like, it, it's almost like the first filter has to just be my own. Eyes but don't you mind. think that that's why they added the audience score? Because like, obviously the audience for the Tiffany Haddish film is going to, it's going to be off the charts. Right. And if I'm looking at critics yeah. at 50% and audience at 95, I'm going to go, yeah, the critics didn't get it. It's yes. going to be fun. I'm going. Yes. And generally I, I like that as well. The only problem with that is, is there's such tastemakers, you know, they can yeah. just, right. they can destroy a movie before it's ever seen. And so right. like, you, like Waterworld, you don't, right. So you don't have, you have a terrible opening weekend. So and then you're pulling from a much smaller sample because the word on the street is this movie's terrible. I'm not even going to waste yeah, there's my time. a power imbalance there too. Just in, right. the, in the sense of like saying like, these are the people who know what they're talking about. Right. They're yeah. all white men. Right. They're the first people that get to talk about the movie. They get to, you know, they get to set the tone for how that movie is going to perform mm-hmm. in some ways. And, and, and also this article was clear to say like, there are many very popular, like underrepresented critics who are doing like incredible work. Like there are great voices there. The problem is just yeah. the overall sample size yeah. is, uh, well, is, like Wesley and, Morris, Wesley Morris, you know, right. the movie reviewer, he won a Pulitzer for movie reviews. Like, and, and you know, he, he's a person of color and uh, like you said, there are those voices out there, you know? Yeah. All right. What do you have, Andre? Okay. So there is an anonymous group of star Wars fans that are trying to crowdfund a remake of the last Jedi because they hated the last Jedi so much. Some have called it quote unquote blasphemous. Oh my God. Yeah. The last, the last movie. Sorry. I've already shown the, my hand here. The film, <laughs> the, the filmmaker who did it. Is that Ryan? Ryan Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. yeah. He, I saw it cause I follow him on Twitter. He retweeted this yes. and said he's all yeah. for it. Yeah. I mean, I think he's making fun of him. <laughs> yeah. I think that he's trolling them a bit. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I love. Well, I, I, I love it. I, 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 well, 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 I'll let you finish the I whole story too. there, Andre. Then I'll give you my commentary. Well, yeah, there. I mean, Star Wars, some Star Wars fans that hated The Last Jedi have gotten really extreme about this. They chased um, Marie Tran off of the internet, I know, and off she's of Instagram. so sweet. You know, with their, yeah, like with their racist comments, you know, about her yeah. name, um, body shaming comments, Yikes. all that kind of thing, um, saying that her part was so useless. And I know like it's just an opinion about a character, but that's also somebody's work. You know what I mean? Like that's like somebody reading relevant articles and being like, yeah, this slice was a waste of time, you know, yeah. like. Okay, maybe it was, but that's our typical Wednesday meeting. It's still my work, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. so, <laughs> you know. Hey, so, so you guys saying don't do the Mister Peanut take today? Okay, it's yeah, <laughs> listen to the consensus here. So I'll take it personally, that new, that new employee Bill's super opinionated today. I don't know. <laughs> so they're trying to raise two hundred million dollars to make their own version of the Last Jedi. Oh my! There. Please send that money to people uh, like who are being displaced from their families. Right. Please help end slavery. Please do anything except look, for look, remake. Hey, the here's the thing, Eddie. I think all obviously all of those are worthy causes, but like, but, but, also, but <laughs> and I don't support the bullying. I think that's awful, and people need to get a life. Like that's totally ridiculous. But I I would love the idea of of like you know the director and the and Disney and whoever owns the rights and goes. You know what? You think you can do better? Go for it. Do it because I I mean who wouldn't watch that movie even if it's for 
for the wrong reasons, I would totally watch like a fan made version of one of these franchises just to see how like I'm sure it's very hard to make a Star Wars movie, yeah. you know, but like go for it. Do it. Let's yeah, that, see it. You that's know? my question is like, who do they think they're going to get to work on this film? <laughs> Even if they raise the money, like do they think they're going to get Mark Hamill and and other people who starred in the actual movie to be a part of this? No, I, this is going to be like the room or something. Right? It's going to be like a <laughs> weird. Why they should do it. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, that is actually a great point. Right. Like I want to see amateur people who have nothing but passion. Right. They have no discernible filmmaking skill or experience, no connections and very little money. All they have is unbridled, misguided passion. Go for it. That's a recipe for awesomeness. You know, just do it. I want to see it. I just thought it was I mean, I thought it was great. And I I liked the movie. I realized people were not pleased with the way it ended. But like, was it generally panned? I think the, I it was popular. Uh, we have a couple of Star Wars nerds in the office and they didn't like it as much. And then the people like me who are just, I have to go because Cohen likes them and I, I enjoyed it. And, and the fact that like more people like me enjoyed it, the hardcore nerds. Why didn't they like it? I, I, it, it pivoted the narrative. The, the Star Wars fans that want to do this are because it took, it's taking the franchise in the wrong direction. They feel like it. everything that comes after it will have to address the things that happened in this movie and they don't want that direction. Yeah, I think is right. the core. Yeah. But why were, why were they um, bullying that, uh, that actress? Was it a personal attack thing or like her character in that storyline? Cause I heard f- critics saying that the storyline was superfluous right. and, and unnecessary and yeah. kind of dragged the story down. Right. But then why would they go after her as yeah. a person? And this gives me an opportunity to say her name, right? It's Kelly Marie Tran. Um, okay. It was a bit of both. I mean, there were people who criticized her character and the character's role in the story. And I get that. I mean, it was a little bit random to have like that love story between it her was. character and Finn. It didn't, necessarily add a whole lot to the the overall but plot. does anyone think she wrote that she was just that's like the thing yeah, she's like, like yeah, a normal exactly. person that's who oh my gosh landed star wars and exactly. is freaking out why are they coming at her about it and then it also became like you know personal too with people making comments about her body Oof. people making Oof. jokes about her name like ching chong and stuff like that like gosh. typical racist stuff you know stuff you would figure would happen in a star but, wars chat room but don't you remember like when movies would like um <laughs> i remember like when godfather 3 came out right? those hateful nerds all get but just like everybody everybody hated that movie like a just bunch of hateful racist well, nerds i mean out. godfather 3 was is awful right but we're not attacking like it's the not actors a, it's not a personal thing it's right. just like a movie so yeah decimate the movie but um, we're talking about racism here it doesn't it doesn't know logic so yeah yeah Yeah, it doesn't know logic that's right yeah all right well that'll do it for slices stay tuned up next hillsong young and free joins us back with a passion and a level of the pain in the past is and they tell me when it rains that it pours down and that every hurricane is a savage i didn't miss the last day once i pass it now they're giving a case to the masses it's the land of the brave and the fascist i just need someone to pray for me pastor shepherd say you love me then you'll feed my sheep you're listening to no big deal one word great uh new uh christian rapper at the beginning of the podcast you heard rl grime with i want to know featuring daya well this week's show is brought to you by squarespace whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating your site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain for free. And you can even design a best-in-class online store with their award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin. They give you all the tools you need to uh, run a great shop. I was reminded of the greatness of Squarespace yesterday. I was in there tweaking with a page that I'm trying to rebuild, and it was so easy. And I'm such a terrible designer, and it just looks great. Yeah, Squarespace makes the junk mad easy. There that's, you go. that's their new f- slogan. Makes stuff mad easy. Uh, hey, uh, right now they're offering relevant podcast listeners a special deal. Go to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your site, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. There you go. Squarespace, set your website apart. Hillsong Young and Free is a worship group from Hillsong Church that mixes spiritually focused lyrics and worshipful music with EDM production and pop 
sensibilities. This week, they've released their brand new album, Three. It's I-I-I, if you're Googling it. Um, kind of like the Super Bowl. Uh, we got to talk to the band about what inspired the album and walked through some of its best songs with them. Here is Bill song Young and Free. Worship as a genre is a pretty crowded market. So when you guys are, are starting mm. a new project, starting a new record, how are you trying to distinguish yourselves from all of the other stuff that's out there? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I, I think for us, I, I, you know, we've battled that a lot. I think, you know, when we were starting Young and Free and even like, you know, this revival on the last album we did, you know, it was always a conversation like, how are we going to be different? What are we going to bring? And I think one thing that I feel like has become true to us is you just got to be yourself, you know, and the guys that are on the team and the people that make up Young and Free, I think naturally bring something different because, you know, we're all different, you know, like, um, and that's the same for any West Bar. I think whatever people bring, I think is unique to them. And yeah, obviously, um, you know, the Christian genre is pretty boxed in terms of music wise. I think for us, we just like really, uh, really intentional with making sure that, you know, the songs that we bring are honest to us and, you know, the guys in the team are obviously listening to like the craziest broad range of music. So, you know, we've got people that love hip hop right through to like rock. And so I think, uh, you know, when we all come together, I think we, we create something, you know, unique. And I feel like we've had moments where we we strive to like be something like, cause we feel like that's what we need to be. You know, we need to be the pop, the up band. That's what we bring, which I do think is important. I do think it is like our mandate, but I do feel like um, instead of, trying to force those things I think you just got to bring what's real and that's how we've kind of overcome that or tried to I think just stay I guess relevant and, and stay true to us On the other end of that dynamic is the listener. So what do you hope stands out to the listener when taking in the album? Yeah, I mean, I, I do hope that people feel like we're taking them on a little step, you know, like the next step for Young and Free. I think um, there's a lot of stuff that does sound like, you know, the typical Young and Free. And I think but then as well, there's like this, this next step of like what we're doing. And, um, you know, I feel like the takeaway, I just hope people when they listen to this is that they don't feel like, I feel, I hope that they feel this sense peace and, and joy and I think even just like that sounds, sounds like a strange word to say but like just relaxation just knowing that you know things are going to be good and, and know that God is you know obviously faithful but I think for us this album is I've said it before like a kind of a little bit like a light at the end of the tunnel kind of album you know for us because I feel like when we started you know young and free we, we were a lot younger and so I think a lot of our songs thematically and were quite, you know, you know, lovey dovey God songs, which are amazing because that was true to us at the time. Right. But I feel like, you know, that's five, six years ago. So we've gotten older and I think it's, we're starting to realize that, you know, that life actually is crazy and that it has highs and lows and it's, you know, it's this wild kind of journey. You don't understand that when you're young so much. And I think as we've grown older, we've understood that actually, you know what, that God's faithful through it all. And seeing like, I think the coolest thing about this album is, you know, we can look around. I can look around at the songs and go, okay, cool. I know who wrote that because I know what they were going through last year and I know that this is a prayer answered or I know that this is now a prayer for a season that they're going through and maybe on the next record, there'll be a prayer answered. Do you know what I mean? So I think for us, I just pray that for people, this will be an album filled with hope for them. I'd like to talk about some some particular songs. If you could uh, highlight one song that you would identify as being particularly challenging to put together on the album, which song would you say? What comes to mind? 
I mean, challenging in, in no, I mean every to be honest, like I don't remember just saying this to say that every song was so hard. Like it was, I think because we felt like, like I was saying before, because we felt like no one really like we didn't have to do this album. We all, we felt like this pressure to make it awesome, amazing, the best thing ever, and we worked for so long with you know kind of no deadline. So it was kind of like we just had to do it. So everything was hard, but I think one song for me, well, I mean highs and lows is the song that was kind of that was like the last song on the record which is a song that I wrote with um, Joel Houston from United and Ben Tan and that was a wasn't so difficult to write but it was more difficult to go to that place about what it's about and you know thinking about you know the last couple of years and you know the season we've been through I think going into that space that was difficult and I think we also felt like when we wrote it like it felt you know when Ben and I started that song I felt so special and like how it all came about was like beautiful this moment of worship like him and I together and it felt like really important and so we wanted to do right and so that took like two years to kind of get you know on and off but over the course of two years trying to get the right lyric to sit on that song that was that was really difficult The last thing I, I wanted to ask about is, you know, such a, a huge part of the Hillsong experience and, and especially part of Young and Free is everyone thinks of the live show. And I'm curious in relation to this record, uh, what song are you mm-hmm. especially excited to perform live, perform for the people? Um, we've been doing a bunch of them today at Forward and we're doing some more tonight. So we, we've got like, we're doing like a new song thing. I think, oh man, that's, that's like, so far, like everything's done. We've done pretty much almost nearly the entire album, actually, to be honest, live. We did some stuff at church back last week. Everything feels pretty awesome. I think it just feels good to sing new songs, you know? Um, yeah, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if I have a particular song. I think everything, it's just, it's different, you know, because we feel like when we've been doing the same stuff for like the last three years, it's like anything new is just amazing. And I feel like it's a lot of the songs are forcing us to be different on stage because no, a lot of it's no longer that four on the floor one thirty thing anymore. So, yeah, we've got to think about how to <laughs> how to move. That was Hillsong Young and Free. Stay tuned. Up next, it's our listener of the week. Listening to Rye. Song is Phoenix. It's the Little Dragon remix. Here you go. Okay, well, it's time for our listener of the week. You listen to the show, and it's time to get to know you. It's the listener of the week. All right, uh, Jesse, our listener of the week this week, uh, you, you, you chose because there's three interesting facts uh, that we found out about her. Um, uh, for those of you who are new to the show every week, we ask you guys to tweet us three interesting facts about yourself. And uh, Jesse scours them relentlessly. He has spreadsheets, uh, calculators, and he uh, chooses one every week. And this week, we are welcoming Jillian Ellen to the show. Hello. Hi, Jillian. Uh, Before Jesse reads your three interesting facts, where are you calling us from? I'm calling you at work um, in St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. What do you do do for a profession? I am an ICU nurse. Jillian. Oh, Oh, wow. My name is Eddie. It's nice to meet you, Jillian. Hey, (laughs) that's crazy that you're an ICU nurse. Is that... um, no, Jesse, you can't. I'm in the middle of talking to a per- like. Don't you hear me? Like uh, you said, you said it's crazy you're an ICU nurse. Period. 
Pause. I'm just trying to fill in the gaps because you're making it here for Julia. I would like to defer my time to Jesse, who I'm sure has a really interesting question for our friend. Go ahead, Jesse. Go for it. No, uh, well, I was going to say, Jillian, if you're a lot of people when they do these, they step out of work for a few minutes. Right. I think, and I really want to speak to you today, but I feel like if you're an ICU nurse and you're you're at work. This might not be the best use of time. <laughs> Are you at work right now? And has is is there any patients while waiting for you? Uh, yeah, I have I have I have one patient right now. I'm about to get another patient from the OR. I uh, love that this is being the relevant more listener of the week is a life or this death person decision. Is in the middle the of right a one. massive peanut allergy. <laughs> you're <laughs> about to have to jam a tube down his throat. But you're like, hold on. <laughs> I'm the oh, listener of the yeah. week. I need, I need, go, I need to go further on with the podcast for a minute. Okay, so Jillian's three facts. Number one, born during an earthquake. Oh, oh wow. interesting. Did it affect? Yes. Do you have memories of this? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I called my mom yesterday to get all the facts for you guys. Okay, so what happened? Okay. So um, I was born in St. Louis and there's like a minor fault line here, I guess. And um, while she was getting her C-section of me, so she wasn't in labor, but she said she remembers seeing like they had like hanging lights that Uh. were in the in the operating room, I guess. And they were like, all of a sudden they just started to like sway and people were like, what's going on? What's going on? And they're like, I don't know. We'll go see. But like it wasn't a major earthquake, but it was an earthquake. Question. While I was being born. After you were born, did three wise men show up? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> I was going to say, it just sounds like the birth of an important person. That's what right. I'm yeah, saying. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, usually, I usually tell people I came into the world with a boom. And that's a little fun fact yeah. I use all the time. Yeah. See, you yeah. that should have been the fact that you wrote down. You should have said that, and then we would have been like, what was uh, that? Came into the world with a literal boom. I should have. I, I should have left you in some mystery. I'm yeah. sorry. The, the earth split open yes. the moment you yeah. entered. The curtain was torn. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you are. All right, yeah. Fact yeah. number two. Because her first fact was shaky at best. Oh. Again, that's shaky oh. at best. Oh. Jillian born during an earthquake. Fact, fact number two. Uh, Jillian almost got kicked out of a piano bar for chanting yes. USA very loudly. No, you don't mm. ever apologize for that. What happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't say, yeah, don't say sorry, whatever you did. Um, so I was downtown Chicago for my friend's bachelorette party. Oh, yeah. And we were at a piano bar and it was, it was like a Wednesday night. So it was not oh, like, yeah. it was country where you were in. I was going to say, were you in Canada? Chicago. What did you do? Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> a mess too. Just a hot no, mess. No, no, Chicago. So, so I guess I should have said that. So we, we were sitting on like a high top table with yeah. bar stools. Yeah. Okay. And I think what they didn't like was the fact that we were like standing on the, the bar stools. Cause they oh, were a little Jillian. worried that Jillian, we would you are fall a mess, into heads, you? which does happen. Cause we have gotten patients in my hospital who have fallen off a bar stool and had a like brain bleed, mm. but party in the USA was pl- being played and we were super pumped. Of yeah. course. And, and so right at the end, and we started changing USA. Right. And the the um, the bouncer dude was like, "I'm going to need you to sit down right now. We're gonna you're gonna have to be kicked out if you keep keep this up." So oh. we weren't even like super obnoxious. We were just super excited about yeah. the song. Nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> See, here's what's confusing to me. Here's what's uh-huh. confusing about this situation to yeah. me. Yeah. My I'm I'm not a lawyer. I've right. uh, uh, been or, disbarred. Are or are not. Are not oh. uh, technically a lawyer um, <laughs> in the American legal system, I will say. But my understanding of the law is that if you're shouting USA, you can do anything that is not illegal. Like if I'm going 100 miles down the hallway, down the highway, and my windows are down and I'm, chan- and I'm chanting USA, legally I it's, can't get pulled it's over. It's like there. Nixon said right. if the president does it, it's not illegal. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, if you're that's chanting USA by proxy. You have the, the same protections in that moment. So that's right. It's very Jillian. baffling to me that you would get kicked out for that. Almost got kicked out. Almost. Uh, she was almost. told okay. probably to sit yeah. down. We behaved ourselves after that, but you we were, have. you know, we were just feeling our, our patriotic I, pride. I would. I, you should have left in defiance. Who would want to hang out in a bar that doesn't allow you to chant USA whenever you want? Yeah, Jillian, I, you tell us that bar, and we all go to Chicago every once in a while. We will. We will okay. go in there and chant I, USA. <laughs> <laughs> Here's, have you ever seen those like shopping sprees that they used to do on Nickelodeon where the kid would run through the toy store with a shopping cart and just yeah. fill it and he yeah. had like a timer? You can do that in shoplift. Yeah. If you're yelling USA <laughs> while you're screaming in the grocery store, just throwing stuff in a shopping cart, that's not illegal. That's it's not actually illegal. encouraged in some states. Right. So I'm just throwing that out there. All right, Jillian's Sweet. third fact. Third fact. She once crowd surfed 
during an uh, audio adrenaline concert. In oh, wow. you did, so Jillian. Sick. Yep, you betcha. So, <laughs> so when music is being played, you like to be elevated, is what we're learning. You like to you get on the bar stool, you get on top well, of the crowd. This, this yeah, 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 yeah. You can. Jillian say that. brings sure. a party. You just get a sense that by day <laughs> she's working really hard, she's saving lives, but when she needs to exhale all that. Yeah. She's going to get kicked out of something. She's going to be floating <laughs> on something. Like, I like things, to think she brings it somehow. I like to think she brings it to the ICU. I mean, yeah. that's kind of what you want in your ICU nurse. Somebody who's going to kind of really bring just craziness. Yeah. I don't know a lot about the nursing profession, yeah. profession, but that feels like what I don't want. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I want a very unremarkable ICU nurse that just keeps me alive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty important. There's there's a few other things we know how to do besides have a good time. So. I want an ICU yes, nurse okay. that will ignore me mm-hmm. and and uh, be on podcasts. That's what I would, that's what I would <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're exactly. our favorite Jillian, ICU two, nurse. Two quick things. I, I'm not familiar with the audio adrenaline catalog, so I don't know any of the name of the slow song. So I'm assuming you were ironically crowd surfing during their slowest, most worshiping <laughs> song. That's what I'm assuming. And two, I don't yeah, even remember. It was just, you know, so such an amazing experience that I, I totally blanked on whatever song it was. But there is a picture of me actively crowd surfing. What era? Yeah, I was about to say, it depends on the era of audio. Is it the Mark? Chicago. Is it Mark? Or, or is, is it, just it, like was it the, uh, ago. the Nirvana era? Because there was, there was an era in the 90s yeah. where they were like ripping Uh-oh. off Nirvana pretty hard. Yeah. I think it was in 2006. So I don't okay. know. So, I don't know. Like, so yeah. that's right around when, sure. when Mark Stewart left. Mm. Gotcha. Was it the original uh, lead it was, singer? Uh, it was at Cornerstone, actually. Oh, perfect. Jesse was probably there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I might have witnessed that. I do have another question for you. We're coming up on Fourth of July. You're yeah. an ICU nurse. Is that like well, the Black Friday well, Jesse, of your industry? Jesse. <laughs> oh yeah. This is. Oh yeah. We have we have several of them a year, like every Friday the thirteenth, every full moon, yeah. holidays, especially summertime. Like sun's out, guns out. Unfortunately. Oh yeah. my gosh. Final question before you go back and try to revive the person that's needed you for quite a while. Um, uh, Obviously, we, you know, Annie is not on the show today. Uh, We've had a theory on the last show that I would like to make sure we remember on this show. The theory is Mm -hmm. that she's not actually in China, though she says she is. Uh, What? He thinks it's like a a fake moon landing. Yeah, I don't... She's just filming and... I'm sure you're disappointed that Annie was not on the show. I am. I'm not going to lie, guys. She's like my favorite. (laughs) She's like your favorite or is your favorite? She is my favorite. I'm a a big fan girl. Yeah, that was Jillian, the ICU nurse, joining us today. (laughs) Thanks so much for being... But do you believe that she actually went to China or do you believe that it's a conspiracy? Um, I think she's in China. She was eating some weird food I saw on Instagram or something. You can get weird foods anywhere, though. Yeah, Jillian. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, trust me. Trust I mean, me. The truth is out where there. Where else would she You're be? The- is she just making this all up in Nashville? Mm-hmm. Possibly. Jillian, anyone, <laughs> if anyone should know, you can eat a lot of weird stuff. It should be an ICU nurse, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. That's true. How could I forget? Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, Jillian. <laughs> We're very sorry that uh, Annie was not here. Yeah. Sorry. To talk okay. to you. Gotta, I still love you guys. You, you guys gotta, are great. Thank you. We also care about you. <laughs> say love because it feels like you know I don't know maybe you don't have to go zero to a hundred with somebody it's yeah, a new relationship you. you you're just a nice person all right Thank she's you. got a code oh, I blue I appreciate that yeah. I appreciate that all right talk to you later thanks a lot Thank all you right, very bye. much it's nice Jillian. meeting you okay. well like we said earlier if you want to be the listener of the week and I'd like to just add if you're a fan of only one of us that are in this room because <laughs> <laughs> it's like we keep get it to yourself it. keep we it to yourself yeah. bravery and courage and books we got them if you like the very gentle form of humor that we bring uh go ahead and submit your three facts it is funny for me on twitter to see the people the people talk about the fact that so-and-so is my favorite oh yes i've seen the annies i've seen the andres i've seen the eddies i've seen the jessies yes been doing this for 13 years yes where is the love never once seen anybody (laughs) oh my god but i think that is because you are not anyone's favorite that's what i'm saying and i'm okay with that and that's fine i'm okay with that Maybe, maybe you're just a given I, I do think no. I do think it's I think when they say it about one of us, it's more of like a novelty. Like, of course, this is like Cameron's whole thing. But it's interesting because I actually like Eddie on the show. Like it was more like they're yeah. surprised. Uh, maybe it's a well, thanks for making me feel better. Yeah, yeah maybe it's, got, and if you really look at the statistics, we've got however many hundred thousand people listening. I get 
one of those a month. <laughs> so, so you go on a trip and there's, I mean, there's every tw- month, but yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The way that they show that you are their favorite is by listening to this show oh. faithfully for years. Dude, you thank you, man. And Andre, also, I like you, man. Thank also, you. I'm going to try to take the time to personally rip apart everyone that just heard this and then comments on Twitter. Like, oh, Cameron, you know you're my favorite. We're, We're going to troll the crap out of you. I am you. going to do my very, very best <laughs> to push back against your pandering, and I will block you if you're just a normal old person. So just get ready for this. That is so funny. <laughs> All right. Well, many thanks to Hillsong Young and Free for joining us this week. Their new album, Three, is out now. Go check it out. You can also follow them on Twitter, at Young and Free. Oof, did you get? Did you just get the text from Jillian? What? Her patient did not make it. Oh, <laughs> no, that's not true. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> oh even Chandler wow. got an oh, no. I thought that was right. At the, that was like oh, a joke oh, made for Lord. you. I made that for you. <laughs> when you do that for you. When you do an oh, no, I know that I'm no one's favorite anymore. Well, many thanks also to uh, Squarespace for making the episode possible. Remember, go to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a site or domain. Yes. Hey, uh, the new issue of Relevant is dropping this week. Go over to relevantmagazine.com and check it out. You can view the whole issue there. Leon Bridges is the cover story. There's a ton of great content. Content It is packed. Uh, you can view the issue there. You can pick it up on newsstands nationwide, Barnes & Nobles, a lot of other stores, although it's hard to find a newsstand anymore. Um, yeah. You know. So one of my friends was in Portland and uh, he uh, was at Powell's fantastic. One of the yeah, best bookstores in America. Yeah. Sent a picture of Relevant Neat. right there on the front uh. row. Like, Thank God for Powell's, man. I should look. I've never, I've, I never look in newsstands, but I should look. It'd be neat to see. If this it's thing. a bigger one, it's not your airports and your grocery stores. We're not, we're not there. No, no. But if it's like a Barnes and Nobles or a Powell's, where or, they have more of like a taste section, like, like it's not just range. like the generic. Yeah. Like they're going to sell but, fine food, and they're going to they stick us in the religion and spirituality section. And there's like eight of us, and mm. it's a lot of new age weirdos, Ooh. CT and us. So it's. It's uh, interesting company. Interesting. Yeah. Though. But and they put us yeah, in the front. CT, have- us, Modern Witch, yeah. uh, Bewitching. <laughs> Crystallology uh, Today. Witch Monthly. Crystallology. Yeah. A lot of witch stuff. A lot of yeah. witch zines. Huge, <laughs> witch huge zines. amount of witch and Wiccan publications out there. <laughs> and, then, and then relevant, right in the front of the stack. Yeah. Yeah. One, well, one just a big catalog of spells. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like one old dusty book that you just don't even want to open. It's like a, ho- yeah, like a Hogwarts spell book. I don't know why right. that's out there. I'm that's right. Sure. <laughs> and, and then us, and we're honored to be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and thanks to uh jillian for joining us as well it's fun all right well on that for, note we'll wrap it up for us i don't know if it was fun for jillian. it was not fun yeah. or her patience it was not fun for the <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. on that note we'll wrap it i'm cameron strang i'm eddie koffeltz i'm andre henry i'm chandler string i'm jesse carey we'll see you next wednesday july 4th for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. I've invested a lot on the NASCAR index and I'm waiting to see my money. I have no idea where it is right now. Relevant Podcast Network.